Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Amen. I must confess to you that one of the one of the most depressing things that one can do today is turn on the news. The reality is right now, most of what we're getting today is bad news that's coming through your screens. It often induces feelings of anxiety, feelings of fear, but sometimes leaves us feeling hopeless. One of the other things that makes this very difficult right now, especially in the midst of this crisis, is that Increasingly, our generations right now, especially younger generations, our attention spans are a lot shorter. And so that news is hitting you. It's coming at you from every direction. You're constantly surrounded by media and technology and devices and screens and lots of information. But often, especially because a lot of people today are getting the news now on social media, they're scrolling. Uh, Most of the time, your news is coming to you in small, short video clips. And because they've got to pack all that information into these small clips that as they're sharing the story, uh, often they give you uh, this, this short clip to capture a story, to capture what somebody has to say. And depending on the bias of the person sharing the news that they're sharing, then they give you in these, in these short little clips we call sound bites. They give you information that, that if, if, depending on their bias, uh, is not presented appropriately, it can misrepresent the intent of the person and what they said and what they did. And so, therefore, uh, you end up getting misinformation if you did not get the full context which would be given to you by the full story. And the truth of the matter is that right now, this is the problem that many of us have as followers of Jesus, as we're trying to help people get the hope that they need today. Many of us are just like those giving the news on TV in short sound bites because what we don't have is the full story. Therefore, we can't give people the hope and the peace that they need right now in these times. We don't know the full story of Scripture. What we have is a sound bite. So we have money. We have a verse here and a verse there. And, and, and depending on what our persuasion is, we can almost make the Bible say things that it's not actually intending to say. We can tell people what we think the Bible is saying, but if we don't have the full story, if we don't know the big overarching story of Scripture, then we end up not being able to effectively give people the hope, the peace, the joy they need right now. Instead of giving people good news, we give them bad news. That often leaves them, like sometimes when we watch the news, full of anxiety, lacking assurance in uncertain times. 
And we don't want that to be our condition because this is what I call sound bite religion. Sound bite religion. And it's a major problem right now, especially for those of us who, as we talked about last time when I spoke, we want to go and give the good news, the gospel message, as you prayed about not too long ago, God Elder Bill. But the reality is we become ineffective in doing so. And this is what causes this great confusion. It's one of the big problems when we talk about the great confusion that people have in fulfilling the Great Commission. Because central to the Great Commission, as we talked about last month, is being able to communicate with clarity the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, and so Pastor CJ, how do we avoid then this soundbite religion that you're talking about in order to give people the hope and the peace that they need right now? I want you to get your Bibles right now. Luke chapter 24, thank you so much. Elder Atkins for reading that so openly first earlier. Luke chapter 24, I believe is where we're going to find the answer. And I love Luke chapter 24 for this morning because Luke chapter 24 is a resurrection story. It's a resurrection story. And this weekend, as you may very well may know, this is, and don't be distracted by all the other stuff surrounding this weekend with eggs and all that kind of stuff. Remember that this weekend is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yesterday we call it Good Friday. And I remember just over 6,000 years ago, I remember someone speaking into the universe at what he had just created on a Friday. And he says, it's good. And not only on Friday, he says, it's very good. Tov Mahomedly, Hebrew, very good, right? And so then about, about maybe about 4,000 years later, he speaks again. And it's a Friday, what we call Good Friday now. And he says, he declares in victory in faith, it is finished, complete, is the work of redeeming humanity with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Today is the seventh day, Saturday, Sabbath, right? We now, not just because of creation, we now rest in Jesus because we're resting in victory. We'll talk about that at one o'clock. If you're watching on social media, on Facebook, we've been doing a kind of a resurrection rise the series this weekend on, on social media, so join us at 1 p.m. But then on Sunday, early Sunday morning, the Bible says, before the sun rose, Jesus rose from the grave, victorious, can somebody say amen, over sin, over death, hell, and the grave for you. He rose, therefore you can rise. Victorious and confident in the salvation that you have in Jesus. Jesus now, after rising from the dead, hallelujah, in Luke chapter 24, the Bible lets us know that Jesus almost incognito, almost kind of in disguise. They're unable to recognize him. These two disciples on the road to Emmaus. It's this little town not too far from Jerusalem, and they're going home. Most disciples are hiding in Jerusalem. They say, you know what, enough of this kind of hiding. Let's just go ahead and get out. Let's go home. One of them, his name is Cleopas. And walking with him on their way home is who I believe is his wife. I believe there's some textual evidence for that. They're both followers of Jesus, and they are going home. And they encounter the risen Lord, but they do not recognize him. Don't, don't forget that. Keep that tucked away in the back of your mind, okay? They, they can't, watch this, 
they can't see him. They can't see him. And, and they enter into a conversation with who they think is a stranger. Oh, family, watch this now. And as they talk with him, Jesus begins to help them realize that what they have is a sound bite religion. They had a verse here about what Messiah was going to come and do. They had a verse there. And when they put that whole construct that they had together, Messiah was supposed to come in and really be just some kind of military leader to get the Roman soldiers off their backs. But Jesus wants to help clarify for them what for us today what this whole thing about the Bible and the gospel is all about. So we go to verse number 27, because what he's going to do and share right now with Cleopas and his wife, I believe, he's going to also do a little bit later, as we're about to read in verse 44 of Luke 24, with the other disciples in the other room. Pay quick and close attention to what Jesus does here. It's one of the few times we see very clearly how Jesus gives a Bible study, okay? I'm going to flip the page here myself. I hope you're doing the same thing. It's one of the challenges of going to use a handheld mic. But if you've got your Bibles here in Luke 24, beginning in verse 27, here's what the Bible said. Jesus is Jesus now about to uncover something for us. In verse 27, it says, And beginning in Moses, and beginning in Moses, and all the prophets, he, that's speaking of Jesus, expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. But jump real quick with me now to verse 44, because in verse 44, Jesus, now after this encounter with Cleopas and his wife, he now goes to the upper room where the disciples are gathered, they're scared, he shows up, they're stunned. And he does the same thing with them. Watch what Jesus says in verse 44. He says this. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses. That's what he mentioned in verse 27 as beginning in Moses. He expounds like it's a little bit more Specific, the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. What I just read to you is what one of my professors when I was in seminary said he could go to any place, any scene in scripture. This is where he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go and see how Jesus gave an exposition, a Bible study. Revealing the true meaning of Scripture. You want to replicate it. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus and what he does with these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Jesus, what he does in the upper room with the rest of the disciples, he gives them a Bible study and he begins with the first five books of Moses. He starts in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning is the word. <laughs> In the beginning, I'm sorry, I'm in John 1. John is commenting on Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's where Jesus began, in Genesis. And he goes all the way to Deuteronomy. That's the first five books of Moses. And then he does the Psalms, right? And then he does all the other prophets. This is the Hebrew or the Jewish equation for him. This is the whole compass of the Old Testament scriptures. 
And what Jesus does is as in one full sweep, Jesus says, you want to go, let's go all the way back to the beginning of watch this, the story. Let's go all the way back to the story. I'm going to walk you through the story of Scripture. I'm going to show you how all of this was pointing to me the entire time. It should come to know as no surprise to us because of John chapter 5, verse 39. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees who claim to be experts in Scripture. And he says this, he says, you search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Watch this, they to they, which testify of me. You will avoid having a sound bite religion, a verse here, a verse there, a construct here, many groups and denominations are formed because they believe this and that because of how they consume scripture. Watch this. Jesus is a context. If you want to avoid a sound by religion, you've got to get the whole story. You've got to get the whole story. Here's what I want to suggest to you today. I want to do more than suggest more. I really believe based on Jesus and what he has done and demonstrated even throughout how he taught in scripture, particularly in the gospels, Jesus is saying to us that when you teach, you must be, you know, when you read this book, you need to understand that the gospel is not just Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes, that's Jesus coming. That's the lived out fulfillment of the gospel and the in God and human flesh, right, in Christ. Yes, but actually, the gospel, the good news, the story of the good news begins in Genesis chapter 1. The, the whole Bible is the unfolding story of the gospel. I'm going to say it again. The entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation is the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole thing. He's not just a subject in the Bible. That's not what he was doing here. He was, let me show you those scriptures. There's a few of them here and there that have to do with me. He's saying, watch this. The whole book is about me. Jesus says in John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify when he's talking to the Father, sanctify the Father by, by your truth, your word is truth. And then he says in the chapter, prior to that, in the chapter, few chapters prior to that, John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the capital T truth that the truth of Scripture is actually pointing you through, pointing you to, and it's actually developed through an unfolding story. This is what Jesus is saying. If you want to avoid a sound bite religion, you've got to get the whole story. You know, one of the things that used to frustrate me back in the day as I was growing up, and also when I was uh, dating my wife earlier on in our relationship, though, is that we would, we would, on a Saturday night, we would close out the Sabbath, and it's Saturday night, and we're eating some good food, and we say, let's just, let's watch a really just, good movie together, family film together, and we sit down, and uh, my mom is just always busy, you know, she's like Martha, you know, Mary, she's always doing something, so we start the film, and she walks away and does this, does that, and she comes back in and wants to sit down and now engage in that which was already unfolding. And we would be there on the edge of our seat, knowing what came prior, and now waiting for what's getting ready to happen, and my mom, all of a sudden, wants to let me have a conversation with us during the film. Why is so-and-so doing this? Who is that? And why are they upset with this person and that person? I'm like, Mom, just, just watch the story. Just watch the movie. Let 
the story unfolds. Okay, yeah, sometimes we'll indulge her. Yeah, okay, well, this is this is this person, this is that person. We try to catch up just a little bit, but the time you take to keep trying to explain what's going on in the story, you're missing parts of the story yourself. You see, if you really want to understand what's going on, is you've got to get the whole, you got to get the whole story. You're not going to understand what's going on in the film if you don't get the whole story. I want to tell you today, family, that the Bible is not a static book, basic instructions before leaving earth. No, it's much more than that. Yes, we get uh, 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 instruction in here. Yeah, we get information here. There's biblical facts in here, but it's much more than that. It's much more than some uh, a, a moral book that, yes, I read that the moral of the story and apply this to your life. Uh, good advice, but it, 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 it's, it's way more than that. The Bible is the telling of a, of a covenant story that is unfolding and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Old Testament is promise made, covenant promise made. New Testament is covenant promise fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It is a story that's going somewhere. If you're watching with me, I want you to say that with me. The Bible is a story that's going somewhere. It's developing. It has its ideal beginning in the first two chapters of the Bible, and then it has its ideal ending in the last two chapters of the Bible. Everything happening in between, with the exception of Jesus, is not ideal. And God is looking to restore us back to the ideal that he initiated in creation. And that only happens through Jesus Christ. So the whole thing that's developing is telling you how he does it. And you need to understand that when you approach this book, because the story is revealing to you the character of the one who not only made you, but who redeemed you. And his character is fully revealed in Jesus Christ. And so what I want to do for you here in just one moment is I actually want to give you the story. I want to help you today. I want to help you get the story. And so here's what I've decided to do. I'm going to go ahead and walk you through. See, it's kind of like a film. If you want to understand the script, you've got to understand its development in, like, scenes in a movie. Think of scenes in a movie, okay? And I like the number seven, and I think it fits very well. Think of the Bible having seven scenes that are unfolding. Seven scenes, okay? And I'm going to just share with you the scenes. Just follow along with me for a second. The first scene of the unfolding story of Scripture is pre-creation. It's pre-creation. Before God created, there was God. Before God created, there was God existing in an eternal friendship of three co-equal persons. That when you see their nature, you understand that they existed in pure other-centered love. Love is other-centered because therefore you need another in an other. And that's what love to exist. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Therefore, what is revealed to you is a God who in Genesis 1, where it says in the beginning, God is understanding Holy Spirit, experiencing something so beautiful, so precious. That it leads them to scene number two. 
because after pre-creation comes creation. Creation out of this uncontainable love, God creates the universe to exist and thrive under his reign of love. With humanity perfectly reflecting his image of love on earth as his crowning act of creation. And then what unfolds is tragic scene three. The fall. And this fall begins in heaven. Lucifer, who initially, uh, he's an angel named Lucifer, and he rebels against God's character and reign of love and brings this rebellion to earth. When humanity fell by his deception, he thus usurped God's reign. God's reign was, was, was existing through humanity. God is about love, therefore he delegates leadership and responsibility. So Adam and Eve were, were subjects to the reign of God, but they were given dominion over the earth. Okay? And this was usurped by the deception of the enemy. And so therefore God's reign on earth now was now by our choice given over to Satan. And he claimed this planet as his dominion. But then God's response, hallelujah, to our fall was not to wipe us off the face of the earth. God's response was to give us a promise, which is seen for. This now will take you into the rest of the Old Testament, Genesis 3 on to the end of uh, Malachi, and seen for its promise. It's a covenant promise. God makes the promise to redeem humanity, restore us back into his image, and reestablish his reign of love on earth through the Messiah by making a series of unfolding covenant promises which humanity and Abraham's descendants failed to keep. Now, I'm possible to let you know that that's not just a story in scripture or a historical fact that, that happened. That's your story. We have failed to live in faithfulness to God's ways, to God's reign, in faithfulness to God's character love. We've broken covenant relationship with God. We don't have that ability to be faithful to God. And I'm so grateful that scene five happened. But just over 2,000 years ago, scene five was ushered in. Messiah is scene five. Jesus arrive, uh, arrives as the fulfillment of the covenant promises and the king who will reestablish God's reign of love on earth through his life, death, and resurrection. He returns to heaven to reign with the Father and minister his saving blood as our high priest. But then they ushered in scene six, which is kingdom. You may think of uh, scene 6 also is church, but I want to use the term that Jesus used primarily in Scripture. And what he was really getting at was, was kingdom. He wants to reestablish his reign on earth through people. And that's who and what the church is. After Christ's ascension and through the Holy Spirit, his revolutionary disciple-making movement continues to expand his kingdom on earth. It was formed by Jesus, deformed by Middle Ages papal Christianity, reformed by the Protestant movement, and is being presently restored until the return of the King. 
we're still living in same sex. This is what God is, is after right now in the earth, even in the midst of COVID-19. And then there's scene seven, recreation. This is where this is going. Recreation. It's ushered in by the second coming of Jesus and the first resurrection. All who receive the gospel of the kingdom are taken to heaven to reign with Christ for a thousand years as his bride. During this time, Satan and other fallen angels are bound to the earth in desolate misery. And the redeemed are invited to evaluate God's character of love in his dealings with lost humanity. This period is concluded by the second resurrection. The, end, the ending of all evil, amen, the ending of COVID-19 and all other suffering and woe on planet Earth, and the renewing or recreating of Earth fully under God's reign of love forever. This is the story of Scripture. This is where our story as human beings on planet Earth is going. And God is basically saying, look, there's good news in the midst of all this bad news. There's something that's, that's being developed right now. There's something that's going somewhere that's far better than anything you've ever imagined. And I want you to get caught up in the story. I want you to get swept up in my love. I want you to see my love revealed through Jesus Christ and where he's taking the planet. God is in control, not Satan. Not the governments of our, of our planet. God is king. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Some of us have been doing this since January 1. We've been following this developing story of Scripture, which is actually the story of the gospel being revealed in Jesus Christ. We have been going through the chronological reading of the Bible in the Bible app, the Version Bible app. It allows you to read along with as many people, up to 100 or so. And uh, if you want to join us in this journey, uh, where we're reading and meditating and journaling, I highly recommend journaling, uh, a really simple way of journaling through Scripture to actually see how this develops. And the reason I recommend the chronological reading plan is although the Bible that you currently have, your English Standard Bible, uh, is generally in chronological flow, it's not totally in chronological flow. Some are more thematically organized, and that's okay. But you want to also get a chance to see how this develops through history, because it's going somewhere. I want to invite you to do that. So if you want to email me, I want to go ahead and share my email address with you. If you want to join us, I will give you some, some valuable information on how you can go ahead and join us on this journey. And uh, it is pastorcj at viennasda.org. Pastorcj at viennasda.org. You see, Jesus gave clarity to the disciples, Cleopas and his wife, the disciples in the upper room. And here's what I want you to get. Now, remember I told you they could not physically see Jesus. They didn't, they, they didn't see him as nothing more than a stranger on a road to a maze. But by the time Jesus is through with them, they brought Jesus into their house. And he broke bread before them. The Bible says, then their eyes were opened. Physically opened. Their eyes were opened. But the Bible, you know, is often saying much more than what it's saying in the natural. There's something more supernatural happening here. And I don't want you to miss this, but this is the main point. 
come with me now to what their response is to this encounter with Jesus. Back in Luke 24, back in Luke 24, beginning in verse 32, and I'm going to skip over to verse 45. Beginning in verse 32, the Bible says, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? I got a sermon I call it, Bill, uh, Heartburn. Got heart, heartburn on this one passage. Didn't our hearts burn within us? How do you get that, that, that heart-burning experience as you approach Scripture? Not everybody's getting the heart-burn experience when they approach Scripture. What happened here? Go with me now to verse 45. The Bible says, again, now Jesus with his disciples in the upper room, he does the same thing, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. That they might comprehend the scriptures. This is what I want to leave with you. Something beautiful is being communicated here by the Holy Spirit through the author Luke. The point is that Jesus gave them that heartburn, that passion, that, that burning desire for Jesus. He gave it to them as he opened their understanding to the scriptures. How did he do that? He showed them how all of scripture and its unfolding story pointed to him. That's how you get heartburn. That's how you get passion for God. That's how you get fired up. Nobody has to set you on fire. You're getting it in the morning as you're opening up Scripture and you're getting caught up, swept up in the unfolding Scripture, uh, unfolding story of Scripture, and you're seeing Jesus everywhere, the love of God revealed in Jesus. You get that heartburn experience. And watch this, the word in the original language in the Greek that's used for him helping open their understanding, opening their, their minds to the understanding of Scripture is the same word that's used when it says Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. Watch, what's being, watch the point that's being made here. The point Jesus is making here is you can't see me. You can't truly see or even understand the scripture unless you're approaching it looking for me. You know, Scripture, looking for Jesus revealed in the unfolding story of Scripture, you do not comprehend the Scripture. But you have this sound bite religion. You've got a verse here, you've got information about God, you've got biblical facts, but you don't have Jesus. That's sound bite religion. And what Jesus is saying here is very, very clear. It's coming through in the text, it's coming through in the passage. If you want to avoid a sound by religion that is void of the centrality of Jesus Christ. And you've got to study scripture. And you've got to teach scripture. And it's doctrines. That's what, that's what teaching is. Doctrines means teaching. In the context of the story. But you will not comprehend it. So the last thing I want to do here with you before we you know, those of you that are familiar with our community of faith, you know, when I was growing up, I was baptized at 12 years old. When I was baptized, I was baptized in what we would have uh, public evangelistic meetings, and 
I was given all the sound banks. I was given uh, teachings that are beautiful when you understand the context of the gospel. But I, my, I, I merely understood the sound banks. But it wasn't until I went to college that I met Jesus face to face as I got caught up in the story of Scripture and began to see them in the light of Christ. What greatly helped me do that was this book, The Desire of Ages, that walks you through the gospel. Friends, if you want to encounter Jesus Christ, you've got to—you got to get the whole story. You got to—you got to—you got to understand the, the, the teachings, the doctrines, and the light of the story. I want to give you one last thing, Mike. Just give me, give me one second here. I wanted to share something with you that's very familiar to many of us in our community of faith, but it may not be that familiar to you. But when you hear it, it'll probably sound. If you go to our website for our, our community of faith, the Adventist.org, you'll see the statement of beliefs that are there. And, and in general, by how they begin and end, you'll see that they kind of follow the storyline that I just gave you in those seven scenes. But watch this. Watch how, watch how this begins to make sense as you see it through the lens of that developing story. Watch this. There's the parallel to the story. So first doctrine, first teaching is Holy Scriptures, right? Then you move into pre-creation. Watch this. The first, uh, uh, right after the Holy Scriptures, the next four teachings or beliefs deal with the Godhead, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can teach right there at the very beginning, pre-creation. And then you move into creation, right? Doctrine number six is creation. You get the ideal of marriage and family. That's doctrine number 23 right there in creation. Then you move into the fall, right? The fall began in heaven, so you can teach doctrine number eight, the great controversy. And then you can and then move into how that came to earth. Doctrine number seven, the nature of humanity. And light of God's promise to redeem us through Jesus Christ and the developing community of faith that was supposed to be faithful to God, you can then teach about the law of God, which is the law of the covenant, which is about God's faithful love, the relationship he wants with us. And within that law of the covenant, you can teach about then doctrine number seven. You can talk about, excuse me, doctrine number 10, 20, the Sabbath command, right? Under scene four, promise. But then, you can then move into Jesus. You can move more specifically to all this, pointing to him. You can now move into when you arise. Doctrine number nine talks about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. You can then teach in doctrine 26, the death and resurrection of Christ. Gives us hope of our own resurrection. End of time. And you can move that after he ascends, the ministry of Christ in the heavenly sanctuary. You can then move on. Our response to Jesus now in the gospel is the experience of salvation. Doctrine number 10. Doctrine number 11. Growing in Christ now that I receive the gospel, the good news of salvation in Christ, right? And then you can move into now how through the Holy Spirit this, this impacts my Christian behavior. Number 22. Then it can go into now as, as a response to Jesus and the Spirit filling me and I'm growing in him every single day. Now I can. Start being a steward of the resources that Jesus has given me. That's what you want. And I want to give now my life to him fully. I want to be baptized and teach on that. Number 15. Are you following me? This now begins to make sense. And you can move into now, as we close out, you can now move into doctrine. Uh, excuse me, scene number six, which is kingdom or church, if you will. Number 12, the timeline. Number 12, the church. You then move into number 16, the Lord's Supper. 
if they move into unity in the body of Christ. Number 14, number 6, number 17, spiritual gifts and ministries. One of those ministries is the gift of prophecy. You can, you can teach on that now in the context of the kingdom of the church, number 18. And then you can talk about, in number 13, the remnant and its mission. God's beautiful bride as he gets ready to return and its mission. And then you can move finally into scene 7, which is what we're about to encounter very soon. Number 25, the second coming of Christ. 27, the millennium and the end of sin and then the earth made new. Number 28. And I just want to take that, that time just to show you that what you're doing, what you're doing is you're telling a story. That's what you're doing. You're not just giving information. You're not just giving facts. I see people that want to be prophets right now on social media and they want to associate COVID-19 with judgments from God and, and on this group and on that group and on this person, this character, this girl, whatever. But look, they've got a sound bites. They have elements of things that are in the story, but they don't, they don't get the big picture of what's actually happening right now because they're focused on the wrong thing and putting it outside of its context. You get the context. You understand the story. If you want to avoid a sound bite religion, I used to have a sound bite religion. My friend, if you're watching this right, do you want to avoid a sound bite religion? You want to get with Jesus and understand scripture as the unfolding story of the gospel. But here's what you got to do you got to get the whole story. Get the whole story. Let me say, that may seem intimidating for somebody because it's not my work through the entire Bible before. I understand that. And if you're watching this right now, you haven't really spent a lot of time in Scripture, don't worry. You may just want to start with one of the Gospels, get to know Jesus, and then let that build, then dive into another Gospel, and then let that build. Dive into maybe reading the New Testament. I have a plan for that. If you want, you can email me on that. And then you can now try and go into reading the entire Scripture. There's a way to do that, but eventually, at some point, you've got to get the whole story. You gotta get the big picture. And then if you're gonna now try and be a storyteller, which is what Jesus is calling us to be in these last days, you wanna tell the story of Scripture, and you will then, people that respond to the story of the gospel, Jesus Christ, you wanna teach them now the story and give them, watch this, clarity to the story. When you give them the teachings, the foundational teachings, the doctrines that are in Scripture, in the context, watch this, of the story begins to make sense. It's what you see happening in the New Testament when they tell the story of Jesus. When they teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they teach the Bible, they do it in the context of the story of somebody. Thank you for listening to Living for Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend His reign of love. 
If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.